going to be in a, in a very familiar passage of Scripture this morning, the 23rd Psalm. If you would want to turn to that in your Bibles, uh, if you're using one of our Pew Bibles, it's on page 862. Um, I appreciate the thoughts that uh, Pastor Greg shared with us last Sunday. It was New Year's Eve, and he talked to us about having new life in a new year. And how Christ can restore those things that are broken and make us new. And I, I found myself keying in on that word restore and restoration. And giving that a lot of thought this week. Uh, you know some of the most popular television shows right now are about restoring things. Uh, I like to watch Counting Cars. Anybody, anybody watch Counting Cars? They, because they, they like to restore the cars that were popular back when I was a kid and a teenager. Uh, the muscle cars, they called them. So I, I really like that show. Uh, there's, there's shows about restoring old houses. Uh, shows about restoring uh, furniture. Um, and even shows about restoring people. Uh, a couple of them come to mind. There's a show called Intervention and another one called Hoarders uh, where they talk about people who uh, are broken and need restoration in their lives. And I find that's, that's a key theme in Scripture, the restoration of our lives. And when I got to looking for, for scriptures to use uh, on this subject, there's one that just stood out above them all. And it's, it's the one we find here in the 23rd Psalm. 
So if you would, we, let's read it together. If you know it, you can recite it with us. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I've, I hardly ever do a funeral that I don't use the 23rd Psalm because of all the passages of Scripture, this one seems to connect with people. Uh, even people that aren't Christian, people that aren't religious, people that don't go to church may never read the Bible much. When I start reading the 23rd Psalm, I have their attention. And I notice sometimes their mouths are moving with me as they're saying it. Uh, it's just one of those scriptures that connects with people. So may it connect with us this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Uh, staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm was written by David. And I know that because in my Bible, after Psalm 23, it says a Psalm of David. Uh, I really appreciate when they tell you this stuff, and you don't have to go look it up. Um, but it was written by David about his previous occupation. We all know David was the king of Israel, probably the most famous king of Israel. But before he was a king, he was a shepherd. And he spent a lot of time out on the hillsides with the sheep. And this psalm is written not from the perspective of a king, but of a shepherd. He spent a lot of time in green pastures and quiet, beside quiet waters. You know, when I read those words, that's very calming. That's peaceful. It's a scene of serenity. I remember as a child going out and just laying in the grass until my mom yelled at me and said, don't get grass stain on your clothes. You know, now, okay. Uh, but I used to love to lay in the grass. I, I liked to walk beside the still waters. I'd go with my dad fishing and he'd find some nice quiet stream. But then I think about how that differs from my life today. My life isn't really described by green pastures and still waters. Uh, modern life is very busy, hectic, frustrating, disappointing. Uh, there's a lot in our lives that really don't fit the scene of green pastures and still waters. But that's not how we're meant to live. That's not how we were meant to be. God has something better in mind for us. A green pasture and still water life. But in order to have it, I have to allow him to do what that last part of, of that says. I have to let him restore my soul. 
And so I, I got to thinking about what does that mean to have one's soul restored? When, when I think of restoration, I think of my parents and old furniture. Um, my parents didn't like new stuff. Uh, they liked furniture that was old, almost antique. And their favorite thing to do was to put me and my sister in the car on Sunday afternoon and drive us around the Indianapolis area to various flea markets, uh, junk stores, and antique stores. Every child loves that. I'm telling you. It just, oh boy, are we going old furniture shopping today. Count me in. I'm ready to go. Ah, But it's what they loved, and they, they would walk in some old store where everything was just kind of thrown around, and they would pick up some little end table. And my mom would say, oh, look at that. And I'd say, yeah, look at that. That's, <laughs> you want that in our house? I mean, it would be dirty. It would have like different, it's been painted three or four times, and you can tell because the paint's been scraped, and oh, it's white, but it's green. Oh, there's a little blue under there. Um, and it would be maybe broken in a place. And see, I was looking at what was, and my mom would look at what it used to be and think about what it would be if it were restored. And so she would take this stuff home and strip it all down. My dad would fix whatever was broken. She'd put a new finish on it. And then she'd put this beautiful little table in our home. The prize piece of, of their treasure hunting was an antique roll-top desk. Uh, now, this had already been restored. It was a major project, and they bought it already fully restored. It was over 50 years old when they bought it, and that's been 50 years ago. So the desk is at least 100 years old. And it now sits in my house. I told my sister as my parents got older and they began to ask us, what do you want of our stuff? Uh, I told her the preacher gets the desk. It's just the way it is. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I wanted that. So uh, my dad paid his bills at that desk and now I pay our bills at that desk. Um, old things made new, broken things made whole. Things layered with unwanted things, stripped away and redone again. God is in the restoration business. And he's in the finishing business. Now you can also buy furniture that's, maybe it's newly made, but it's called unfinished. Has no uh, paint or, or stain or anything on it. Let me tell you a story about things not finished. It's, it's, I call it my pumpkin pie story. Christy likes this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, I don't know when. I don't know where. It's coming. It's coming. No good story should ever go unpreached. That's my philosophy. And uh, it's Christmas Day, and I like to buy these Marie Calendar 
frozen pies. I mean, I don't know who Marie is, but that woman can make pies. I'm telling you. She makes great pies. And then they freeze them, and then I always would just pull them out, thaw them out, and I would eat them. Well, I got the pies out. I'd never bought a pumpkin pie before from Marie. And uh, so I got the pies out, put them on the counter, and when it was time, she wanted a piece of pumpkin pie, and her lovely husband cut her a piece of pie. And when we pulled the pie out, I thought, Mama, that's a, that's a pale-looking pie. You know, that just, I think that they could have cooked that a little longer. But, you know, he cut the pie, and then she likes it completely smothered in whipped cream. Not just, a, not just the, what you call a dollop. No, you get that can of ready whip and I mean, it, nothing but a mound of white, which in this case was pretty good. <laughs> and he took that to her and she began to eat it. And somebody else asked for a piece of pumpkin pie and I started to cut it and I couldn't shake the thought that this, this does not look right. So I picked up the box and in letters about that small, down in the corner, it says, must cook thoroughly. <laughs> I didn't know. I've never cooked a Marie Callender pie before. I thought she cooked them. My first thought is, she's sitting there eating it. Don't tell her. <laughs> I mean, she, she's over there just, wah, wah, eating that raw pie. I mean, just eating it. <laughs> and I'm thinking... I wonder if there's anything in pumpkin pie that'll kill you. <laughs> if, you know, I'll give you a tomaine food poisoning or something. I, I, all I know is pumpkin. I don't know what's in it. But by the time we told her, she had finished. And it wasn't just a little piece of pie. We're talking slab. You know what a slab of pie is? She had a slab of pie. She ate the whole thing raw. And I said, didn't you... Notice it tasted funny, and she said, well, I thought it was a little funny, but it's good. I, I was eating it. So what do you do with your partially cut raw pumpkin pie? I thought, well, I'm not throwing this away. I'm going to cook it. Problem was, there was a big place that didn't have any crust anymore. And when you put it in the oven, and it really, all the, the goo, the pumpkin goo, just kind of flowed all in there. I didn't care. I said, we're going to cook this pie. And we did, and we ate the rest of it. I had one piece of pie I cut out that had no crust. It's just a slab of pumpkin goo. But it was good. And I tell you that because we finished it. See, the pie wasn't finished. It, I thought it was finished, but it wasn't. It needed to be cooked. And... Um, just like a piece of furniture you buy that's unfinished, you need to stain it, paint it, do something to it. And, and God is in the finishing business. He restores and he finishes. Because the Bible says that we were created in the image and the likeness of God. And that's the soul they're talking about. If you want to know what your soul is, your spirit, it's that part of us that can connect with the Almighty. But once sin entered our world... It became marred, it became broken, it became layered with sin and guilt and shame, and it didn't even look like itself anymore, just like that old piece of furniture. And God comes along and says, through, through my son Jesus, I want to restore you so that your soul reflects me again. 
And through Christ, he, he, he fixes that which is broken. He strips away that which sin has layered on us. And then he finishes us. The, the Bible says that not only did Christ die for our sin and take it away, but then he gives us the righteousness of Christ. The Bible likens it to putting on a robe, the robe of righteousness. Well, that's like finishing us. Strips away the old and then finishes us with the new. And when that happens, Paul writes in Romans 8.1 that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been set free from sin and death to live for Christ and with Christ forever. So I hope you will join me in, in this new year, 2018, allowing God to do what only God can do. Restore us. Whatever you have that is broken, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, he'll fix. Whatever you have that needs to be stripped away and refinished, he will do that. But you have to let him. He won't do it against your will. You have to be willing to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you with all of its brokenness, all of its sinful layers, and I want you to restore my soul. And if we do, then we can experience more of those green pastures and those still waters in our lives. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful that you're in the restoration business. You don't throw out old worn out lives you don't throw out people who have been so marred with sin that they're unrecognizable for what you meant them to be. You restore, you finish, you recreate. And I pray that each and every day you will do that work in us and through us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. This work of restoration cannot be done on your own. There are, there are many people who think, you know, he's right. Well, I, I need that, but I can do it myself. I don't need Jesus. I don't need faith in Christ to make that happen. I'll just do it myself, and, and you can't. You didn't create your soul to start with, and you can't fix it. You can't restore it. Only he can. And it begins by receiving Christ as your Savior, by saying yes to him and allowing him to do his work of restoration. And if you're here this morning and need to take that step of faith that says, I believe in Jesus and I accept him, it would be my joy to receive you, to pray with you, to lead you in a simple statement of faith, to plan for your baptism, and to start this new year with your soul restored through Christ. Let's stand together.
Strength. 